When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's June 24th, 1948, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ollie, the Retrospectors. If you've got 19 minutes to spare, you can check out the 1948 short film Chicken of Tomorrow, which tells the story of the contest which reached its culmination on this day and changed the way that all of us eat chicken to this day. However, the short film does currently hold a 2.8 out of 10 rating on IMDb. If you've got 10 minutes, we'll tell you the story instead. Rather less pompously. (laughs) (laughs) So the story really begins with this company called the Great Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company, or the A&P as it was known, and it was the country's largest poultry retailer and it sponsored this national contest intending to produce this breed of chickens that would grow bigger, faster, and put on more weight in all the right places. And it actually, A&P was an enormous deal at the time. They started out just as a small tea importing and animal hides company, actually, um, which I think every company seems to have started out as in the (laughs) US. Um, And that was back in the 1860s and then grew to be one of the largest retailers in the world at the time, reaching annual sales of 1 billion US and owned more than 16,000 stores nationwide. But they were hugely rapacious and their demand for massive discounts from manufacturers and wholesalers meant that they drove lots of these so-called mom and pop retailers out of business. And they were then found guilty of criminal restraint of trade and the chicken of tomorrow contest was part of this kind of damage control exercise. That's so interesting that it came from a positive spin PR campaign because look yeah. at now now we know all the dangers that have come basically from pumping chickens full of antibiotics and stuff right um <laughs> It would not be a positive PR move to be the company that launched that competition. But back then, in 1948, it had huge public support and it caught the imagination of the public who had just been through the war. I mean, during the war, Americans had willingly cut out meat to help the effort. After the war, they wanted as much meat as they could fit in their mouths at all times. And it was expensive to buy a bird in the supermarket and all the farmers were behind this and the newsprint media as well i mean here's the saturday evening post from 1947 quote one bird chunky enough for the whole family a chicken with breast meat so thick you can carve it into steaks with drumsticks that contain a minimum of bone buried in layers of juicy dark meat all costing less instead of more this was the american dream that was being offered and you can see why people were like yeah let's make this next generation of weird chickens I mean, I don't know why we record this show before dinner. I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> salivating now, as Americans would have been at the time, because, as you pointed out, until this post-war moment, chicken was seen as a luxury for the vast majority of people who would more commonly be eating pork or beef or even no meat at all. In fact, chicken itself was basically a byword for luxury, which is why in the 1920s, when the Republican Party campaigned on a slogan of a chicken in every pot, yeah. that was immediately understood as a promise to create prosperity. Yeah. There are a couple of reasons for that, One was that there was far less meat on the average chicken, but also there was no economy of scale as was brought along by mass industrial poultry farming. So 
pound for pound, a chicken was far more expensive for the average family than it would be today. And chicken rearing at the time was mostly a sideline activity being carried out on farms which predominantly raised cattle or crops. And because most farmers only had small flocks of chickens, they were obviously incentivized to prioritise egg-laying breeds over tasty ones. You know, it makes more Mm. sense if you've only got a few chickens to use them as egg-layers for years and years rather than slaughter them and not have very much meat and get one meal out of them. But the way that the competition worked was that farmers and breeders from all across the country submitted their eggs. These were then hatched at specially built facilities where the chicks were then raised in controlled conditions and on a standard diet. And they were then tracked and monitored for their weight gain, their health and their appearance. And after 12 weeks, then the birds were all slaughtered, weighed and then judged for their edible meat yield. Yeah, that's the pretty gross thing about this. Somehow, when you think chicken of tomorrow... You'd, I mean, if we did this now, if there was an X Factor for chickens now on TV, um, it would all be about the quality of the chicken as a living species, wouldn't it? Like a horse show. Yeah. It wouldn't be judges sitting around surrounded by carcasses of chickens trying and to weigh them all lump, up and evaluate. Lumps of meat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> surrounded by death. It just feels very yeah. vivid. Well, it's hard to square that vividness with the fact that alongside that main event, there were concerts and dances and a parade and they had a rodeo and there was even a chicken of tomorrow queen, the beauty queen. (laughs) (laughs) What a title. Nancy McGee and she then you know had to smile and wave from her carriage as it went around the town of Georgetown. I did have to look up the pictures to check out whether this was a chicken or a human. (laughs) Hey I'm dating a terrific gal she's Miss Chicken of Tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) It's just amazing. So, I mean, getting away from the parades and the pageantry, I mean, I know that's what we all come to Chicken of Tomorrow mm. contests for, but there was serious <laughs> judging going on inside the University of Delaware's Agricultural Experiment Station. It was a pretty daunting task for the judges. There were 40 finalists from 25 states, and they had each submitted, eventually, 50 carcasses. So these experts had the task of inspecting 2,000 chicken carcasses and mm. marking them, kind of like a crufts but for dead dogs, against 18 <laughs> criteria, including plumpness of breast and thigh, proportion of white meat, which was favoured then as it is now over dark meat generally, and feed efficiency, i.e. how much weight the bird could put on compared to the amount of feed it was consuming. And so the overall winner caused a bit of a stir. You might say it ruffled some feathers. Hey! Oh, <laughs> raucous laughter at home Um, (laughs) because the winning breed belonged to a guy called Charles Van Tress from California and it was a crossbreed it was a breed of a New Hampshire and a Cornish chicken and at the time crossbreeding was seen as something quite risky and of the 40 finalists only eight were crossbreeds so it was a surprise to see a crossbreed come out on top so meanwhile, the winner of the purebred category was Arbor Acres, which was a farm that was run by this real sort of uh, local operation, a guy called Frank Salio, who was an Italian immigrant who grew fruit and vegetables in Glastonbury, Connecticut, in his tiny little family farm. And his son actually started raising chickens using this small coop that he'd fashioned from an old piano. But I guess the humble origins belie the fact that Henry in particular had long had an interest in breeding Uh, particular types of chickens for particular qualities and one of his friends when he was a younger man had told him that he wanted a white feathered chicken because he didn't like the more unsightly dark feathered ones and so Henry had produced this and I guess that sort of expertise must have contributed when he heard about this competition to his ability to produce something that was so high yield in terms of its uh, meat content. 
apparently one of the other reasons that Henry Salio started developing this white feathered chicken was because of the rise of kosher supermarkets. And during the kosher slaughtering process, the red feathers were staining the meat. And that ended up bringing us to a situation where almost all of the chickens in the poultry industry are white feathered for no particular reason. Well, no particular reason, apart from the fact that the Salios were ultimately brought out by Nelson Rockefeller. Yes, that Rockefeller family. And he had this company called the International Basic Economy Corporation, which was a bid to promote economic activity in developing countries. So they had this idea that American know-how would be able to teach the world how to feed themselves better, basically. And consequently, these Arbor Acres birds ended up traveling all around the world. They started in Latin America and quickly moved to Africa, Asia and Europe. And today, still, 50% of the chicken raised in China apparently comes from Arbor Acres genetic stock. But the idea of being able to kind of trademark the name in that way and incentivizing this prize for the chicken of tomorrow financially what it meant was you created a market where chicken your particular combination of different breeds of chicken that you put together was your intellectual property this is our farm's chicken and that of course Mm. is something that was not the world that this was born into people had chickens in their back gardens poor people had chickens not to eat but for eggs and everyone Mm. knew what a chicken was what different breeds of chicken were and chicken then became this kind of mysterious process You could only breed chickens if you were one of the big farms that had the know-how. And that is a trend that's actually continued all the way through to the 21st century. If you think about how lab-grown meat is being developed now, the Mm. race to create that is the race to say, I own the patent on this particular Mm. combination of ingredients, rather than a cow, which anyone can buy because it's just a cow, In the years since this competition, it's estimated that 1,200 breeds of chickens have been completely eradicated. And the reason this is problematic for humans as well as for chickens is that despite the efforts of breeders to develop disease-resistant birds, that was another quality that was being looked for, the combination of chickens bred to gain weight and muscle rapidly and in conjunction with the way that they're now living in very confined cages altogether means that we've got these much sicker birds that require more and more antibiotics and obviously that takes us into the story of the fact that now uh, there's widespread bacterial resistance to antibiotics due to the fact that we're abusing them. Yeah, so in humans, so there is drug resistance in the consumers of chicken because of this race to make more chicken for more of us to eat. Right. I must say, despite this grotesque conversation, I am still a bit hungry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I would murder a chicken burger. (laughs) If anything, we should launch our own Chicken of Tomorrow campaign to cater for the 21st century need. I'm thinking a chicken that's entirely boneless and born in a bucket. (laughs) Next time... The way in which he recovered this is a sort of landmark in showbiz PR. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.